it's the most spoopiest time of the year. <laughs> Your Christmas show ended last night. I know, but I love Christmas music. I know you do. I just, I would have thought that you would be sick of singing it by now. Oh, no. Uh, uh, sick of singing Christmas music. Have you ever known me to be sick of singing Christmas music? No, you do it professionally. I probably shouldn't have asked. Literally for a living. <laughs> Liza's back. Yeah. She's always back. Liza can, never left. She's Liza always never in our hearts. <laughs> Liza with a Z. Well, welcome back, kids. This is another mini sode of my spooky gay family. I am your spookiest drag queen, Pizzy Miles. And I am your sp- spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. I couldn't come up with something on the fly. <laughs> I know. I fucked it up. I, fu- I, I no, made it, it different for you. It wasn't really you. fucked up. It was fine. It was I changed it on you. It's my fault. I'll take it. It's the stupid jingle bells in the theme. It's it's throwing me off every week. It, first of all, they are not stupid. They are merry and bright, and I love them, and they do not throw you off. You are just thrown by the merriness of them. The merriness. The merriness. Yes. <laughs> They're Guatemalaness. They're Guatemalaness. That's what's getting me. Okay. <laughs> They're natural heat. Yes. Or cold. They're cold. They're natural cold. <laughs> It, because they're merry, it's Christmas time. Uh, so this is a very special episode of uh, my spooky gay family minisodes. We are going to be answering some listener questions. Yes, and we actually got some listener questions. <laughs> I know like, we didn't have to make any. Uh, I, I was kind of worried for a second. I was, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like write myself. It's it's like that stupid thing you do as a teenager where you like you you imagine yourself on like the Tonight Show and you're doing both parts of the interview. Like I didn't, I really didn't want to have to do you're that. Playing on Johnny here. Carson. Yeah. I know, well, I, I always sort of pictured Jay Leno personally. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not. I didn't watch either show. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was just, I think he was in more cartoons. So I had a better idea of who Jay Leno was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, in the 90s, Jay Leno was far more present than Johnny Carson, I'm sure. Well, yeah. When did Johnny Carson die? I have no idea. Who knows? I always I always have been kind of like, not anti-Johnny Carson, but like a little sour towards him because of the whole Joan Rivers thing. See, I don't know anything about that, although I'm assuming the crux of that is that he was mean to Joan Rivers, so fuck that guy. Yeah, basically what happened is Joan Rivers had been, like, the huge star of Johnny Carson, uh, like, breakout breakout star. He supported her. He helped start her career. And then when she got her late-night show, he basically stopped speaking to her. Oh, dick. Yeah, I know. So fuck Johnny Carson. <laughs> we we st- we stand late. We Joan stand Rivers Joan this, Rivers here at my spooky gay family because <laughs> Joan Rivers is a goddess. We love her. Um, so yeah, we're going to be answering your questions yeah. today. That has nothing to do with any of family. those except for the part that I ha- I just finished watching season three of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is sort of loosely connected to Joan. David's Rivers. been watching it, and I watched a few episodes. Although I. I and to be fair, here's the thing. I started watching kind of while he was in the middle. He had watched a few episodes and then mm-hmm. I jumped in. Uh, I jumped in 
during the episodes where she bombs. Oh, that's not a good place to come in. No, you want to come in on like the really good, like angry shit right in the beginning. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sorry. I didn't hear the good, <laughs> like the good stand up. I only heard the bad stand up where she bombs and like, it, it's like, oh, she and has to like, learn really how to bomb. Yeah. And it's like, I watched it. And as a comedian, I was like, oh no, I can't do this. And I was like, no, we're not doing <laughs> like, this anymore. I very briefly as a teenager, like entertained dreams of being a stand up comedian. And did um, very well, by the way. But like, I, I never actually did it apart from like two open mic nights at our high school but that doesn't change the fact that like me watching that like it's just like a visceral physical pain that starts like down deep well in my any I, I feel like, like watching anyone bomb yeah, it's like no, watching anyone do badly at something like that is like terribly painful but because what can you do? It's like, okay, well, I've got three more minutes. Especially and we're just when it's scripted going. and it's like, well, I guess I know she's not going to recover. <laughs> I know. it's uh, She can't like jump. She can't like she save can't it. She can't fix it. I mean, yeah. I guess as a stand up there, you know, I, I, I don't do a lot of stuff. I, I shouldn't say that. I do stand up, but it's not in a stand up space. It's in like gay bars and things like that. All of my comedy is improv. Well, so it's, it's also like, through kind of like a character lens more than like. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of improv comics or improv comics a lot of stand-up yeah. comics do characters like yeah, you look at someone like phyllis I would diller just say it's like a slightly different genre of stand-up yeah I would say. yeah like yeah it is different it is slightly different but i there are ways to like jump in and save yourself when you're bombing but mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like there's really nothing you can do you're just gonna bomb so anyway you guys sent us questions yeah <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> Sorry, I've been like, I've been, my, I'm still like clearing my head. I just finished my, my Christmas show yesterday and I'm, I'm. Which was hilarious and you should all, if you did not go, should be very sad that you didn't see it. You should be very sad, but I have some possibly good news. David and I are considering putting it up as like a pay-per-view, uh, like thing you can like pay three dollars to watch the show oh, and really so cool. if you haven't watched it we will we will definitely let you know when it's up and when you can watch it and uh support the arts because yeah. it's so important to support your local performers um so i will let you know when that is up to watch it's, it was a show called the christmas wish it was starring me and uh my very very good judy her name is jacqueline hyde and it was about what two drag queens would wish for the night before Christmas. And it is exactly what you think it would be. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted on all that until then we are going to answer some listener questions. Are you ready? I am ready. <clears throat> okay. So our first question comes from Jen Wittick. She is from Northeastern Pennsylvania and she said, Hey there. Is there a specific horror or non-horror movie that either of you watched growing up that royally fucked you up and cannot watch <laughs> to this day? She said, mine is the original Poltergeist. My parents thought it was a good idea to have me watch it when I was seven, and I couldn't be left in any room alone for weeks, even to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about demon trees snatching you up through a window that really fucks with your brain. Spoopy salutations, Jen Wittick. And consider that, that stolen <laughs> spoopy salutations. First of all, thank you, Jen Wittick. That was a wonderful question. Uh, Sam, did you have a movie that royally fucked you up? I mean, there were lots of movies that royally fucked me up. I think, like, specifically a horror movie that I think I, I truly, honestly watched too young. <laughs> That's kind of a hard one. I think, honestly, because the only one that I can think had, like, really, truly, like, lasting, like, effects on, like, my day-to-day -day life is, and you're going to laugh at this because it's a stupid answer, but it's, like, 
Arach- I think I know what arachnophobia it is. fucked me up. Oh, that is not what I would have thought. What, for what, you. what were you expecting? I thought you were going to say the never ending story. No, 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 no. Because she said specifically horror movie. And I no, she says, she, she says, uh, uh, is there a specific horror or non horror oh, okay. movie that either. Well, I talked about the never-ending story during the fear episode anyway, so this is a new one. But that's what I'm saying. You you have had a a lifelong tango of fear with wolves. Yeah, no, it's it's mostly just... Fear um, and admiration. Like I, 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 I like wolves. I believe in the conservation of wolves. Like, like I believe that they're a very important part of the, like, ecosystem, but um, I had recurring nightmares about them for a very, very long time, and yeah. I cannot, like, if I go to the zoo and there's a wolf enclosure, like, I'm going to have a problem. Really? But no, yeah, but back to arachnophobia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> arachnophobia fucked me up. It was really just specifically one scene in it, and I have always been scared of spiders. Like, I've never liked spiders ever. Mm. But, um... Playing video games. It's like the only thing they put in there for you to fight in those like first shooter games. It's like, like, here, fight a spider. Even the fucking new Star Wars game, Jedi uh, Fallen Order, had spiders. spiders. And I was like, really? (laughs) But um, no, there is one sequence in Arachnophobia where a girl gets in the... I I don't remember when exactly in the movie it is, but she gets in the shower and it's like on the shower head. Oh, yeah. And like jumps down and she doesn't realize it's there immediately because it's like in her hair and everything. So so it's like that freaked the shit out of me. (laughs) Like if I... Every single day when I go to take a shower, I have to do like a 10 point inspection of like the shower area to make sure (laughs) that there is nothing eight-legged anywhere near it. Because like we have... We, we live in northwest New Jersey, and around this time of year, if you live in this charming area of the country, you may be aware of the Japanese stink bug, which infests every fucking human dwelling that happens once it starts to get cold. Do you get stink bugs in, yes. your, in like, your basement? In our basement, in every room of the house, anywhere that where it's warm. Really? Yes, and my cats are terrible at killing them. So <laughs> this time of year, we generally have stink bugs kind of everywhere in the house, and, like, one landed on me the other day as I was about to, like, get into the shower, and I really, <laughs> honest to God, thought I was going to die because oh, like, no. I pract- I'm i like, I'm going to fall over, I'm going to hit my head, I'm going to die naked in this bathroom, no one's going to find me for three hours, and that's what that's what the world is going to know about me. Like, <laughs> They're just going to I know. was killed by a stink bug. Killed by a stink bug. <laughs> <laughs> because in because the of the fucking no scene less. from arachnophobia. Oh. Because anything touches me, even remotely close to the bathtub, and that is it. I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. I mean, to be fair, I am also, I'm terribly afraid of of spiders and bugs as well. I just don't like them and they're creepy. And it's like, I've tried to do that thing where it's like, I'm an adult now. I'm going to be okay with bugs. And it's like, I'm just not, you you can't be okay with bugs. You can't override it though. It's just, it's just a primal disgust thing. And I don't really know. I think it's the way they move. Yeah. It's very strange. And like their skeletons on the outside. Yeah. And like, it freaky. really doesn't matter like whether it's cause, cause you know, there's, there's another scene in arachnophobia where like, um, He's like knocked down and he's on the ground and like it's crawling like really slowly up. Jeff him. Daniels. Like, yeah, Jeff Daniels. Sorry, I couldn't think of the actor's name. For a I could like, see yeah. the gears turning in your head. Yeah, no, it's like because all I could think of was <laughs> the only thing that like the major takeaway I have from that movie as an adult is that John Goodman is hilarious and should be in everything. Yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he was great in uh, Cloverfield Road. Did you see it? I did see it. and He did a really great job. Oh, and he that was is, great in that. And movie. that is so like not a John Goodman part either. No, that I would have expected him no. to. No, that was, that was, that was it was. Really it was good. a really interesting moment to see him like really take on a strong acting yeah. role. Um, I would say for me, if there was a movie that like fucked me up, I think you know what it is. It's Jaws. <laughs> 
Like Jaws <laughs> really truly did a number on me as a child. And I have a, what's it called thoracophobia where uh, you're thalassophobia. Thalassophobia where you're just terrified of open water. Like yeah. I definitely have that. Which I think any rational person kind of does. I feel like you should cuz when you think about it like you're basically a bobber on like an endlessly open sea. Yeah, it's an endless void and you have no idea what's beneath you. <laughs> and not only that, but the shit that's underneath you is fighting to stay alive and you have no course of like like you have no way of fighting. Like how do you fight a shark? What am I going to do? Um well you punch it in the nose and try to aim for the eye and that's kind of your own. I I mean I know that technically kind of like but that's like options. that's like if you're near the shore, but like if, if I'm you not, can if, jam like jam your elbow into its gills, sometimes that works too. I, but I'm saying, like, that will get rid of it temporarily. Uh, probably permanently. They're basically cowards. If you try to, if you fight back at all, they're going to go away. But then the, another shark will come because you're bleeding because you got bitten. That is possible, yes. I'm not saying it's foolproof. I'm just saying if you ever found yourself in that, you know, aim, This conversation is, like, parts. giving me odds now. I'm, like, imagining myself in the other one. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> Jaws really did fuck me up, especially, um... The scene with Hooper in the cage, yeah, that messed a, me up. Um, the scene, uh, we've talked about this before in the yeah. Bay with Michael and that guy who's like, you okay over there? Yeah. Can I tie that knot? You gotta tie that knot. And it's, it's basically like Teddy from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> On the scene now, yeah. <laughs> hey, what you guys doing over there? Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, like, when you see the first, it's the first time you see the silhouette of the shark and it's mm-hmm. so terrifying and then uh quint like talking about like the the lifeless eyes and you're like oh god it's just like everything about sharks just terrifies me i mean the indianapolis speech is classic it is it's classic are you afraid of sharks i i am kind of in a weird place because i am sort of i think i went more hooper than brody from watching Jaws, I you did you got really interested I in like the science really, of sharks. Really, really love sharks and know quite a bit about them. So it's one of those things where it's like I I love them. I don't know that I would ever want to be like in the water with a great white, but I will say that like I think the one truly like weirdly daredevil thing I would be totally willing to do. Like I would never jump out of a plane. I would never go bungee jumping. I would never do any of that crap because I think it's mm. dumb. Yeah, but I would totally get in a cage. Like part of me feels like I could. But another part of me is like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, there's a, I, I hope that I could, but it's like, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in a cage in open water. Because it's like you imagine when you watch a video of someone mm-hmm. in a cage, it's like you don't see what's behind. Yeah, you don't them. see the fact that it's just three sixty of nothing. Yeah, you're <laughs> just, you're just like hanging out in open water. And it's like above you, below you, around you. Uh, that mm. freaks me out. No, and I, I think that like, I'm not saying it would be an easy thing to do. If for nothing else, then I do suffer just a little bit from claustrophobia. And I feel like being underwater for that long would probably be kind of difficult. Yeah. But like, I basically come to the conclusion that it's like, I don't care. If I get to see a great white up close, I'm okay with it. Like there is, a, <laughs> And that's kind of me because I my thing is the things I'm afraid of, I get like strangely fixated on Mm -hmm. and so it's like when i think of a shark i'm like i really want to see a shark but 
it scares me. It's like it's like watching a horror movie. Yeah. It's like I'm drawn to the fear of it. No, but you'd want to like hang out on the on the deck and like kind of watch it like circle. Right? Yeah, like, I'd love to. I like in an aquarium. I'd love yeah. to see a shark, but I don't know that I'd want to be anywhere. Okay, this is the thing though. When we went to the Baltimore oh, Aquarium, no, no, <laughs> no I'm gonna bring this. up I again. was a child. You were. <laughs> We went to the Baltimore Aquarium once with our with our father and our brothers, and um, there is at one point to go to the next level of the aquarium. There is an escalator, and the escalator goes over the shark tank. Over the shark tank. Who the fuck designed <laughs> this shit? They're it's like, hey, like, I know what okay, will but kill it's not children. A rope bridge. It's an escalator <laughs> with like three foot high walls on either side. Like I could barely, if I was standing on that escalator, have looked over it at the age we were. Like you would have been fine. But the point is, pissy freaked out, so we had to go find an elevator. It was. It went over the shark tank. It did go over the shark tank, but again, over it was not like a crumbling tank. relic. It was an elevator escalator. I said elevator, but it's an escalator. It doesn't matter. All it takes is like I lean a little too far over the edge. I had the same issue when I went to the Cliffs of Moher with Jessica. Mm-hmm. It's like I know that I'm not just going to fall off a cliff. But it's like the idea of like looking over the cliff, you're like, well, what if I do fall? Then yeah, but what? But like the Cliffs of Moher makes actually sort of more sense because it's like it's not like an enclosed area where you stand on a thing that moves and it just moves you. Like you're not required to look over the side at all. I'm just saying it was terrifying. It so, wasn't terrifying because we didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we did do it. I remember. It was Jurassic Park all over again. No, 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 no. We did go over <laughs> it at one point because I remember I had to sit on the floor of the escalator because I was so scared. I do not recall us ever actually. I doing recall that. I think it you happening. That in your head. No, no, no. I remember it. Okay. I remember it. And I, I was like sitting on the floor of the escalator and holding the walls. And you made it, and you're still here. I'm not saying it was rational, but I'm saying it was a fear. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so spoopy salutations to you, Jen yes. Wittick, and thank you for your wonderful question. Yeah, that is, uh, mine is Jaws, yours is arachnophobia. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's reasonable. Um, <laughs> yes. We have another question from Elise Queen. I don't know if that's her full title. Like if it's Elise the drag queen or if it's like Elise Queen. Um, I don't know when she didn't specify, but... She didn't specify. Hello, Elise. Hello, Elise. Um, And she said, this question is not spooky at all, but it is very gay, which is totally fine with us. We are also very gay. Um, What would be your best advice for a drag queen who likes to do more comedy slash campy numbers, but is in an area that is all about dancing queens? Um, (laughs) That's that's kind of a tough one, because it... I, I imagine that... I'm I'm really lucky because I I work in New York City where comedy and camp is very much appreciated, but I have been in areas where it was not as uh, common. Common, yeah, I guess common is the word I'm looking for, or even socially desired. Mm. At like in Asbury, when I first started there, it was mostly Latinx queens, and they were dancers and they liked to do, um, you know, big dance numbers and. There weren't a lot of comedy queens. It was Christy Girlington was there and uh, Marissa, Lady Marissa, who's a really wonderful drag queen now. She lives in, uh, I believe, Fort Lauderdale, um, was there. But Marissa also kind of goes back and forth between kind of up-tempo pop songs and, and comedy I kind of had to forge a way for myself and do more of the Broadway comedy stuff. I think 
when you're good at what you do, you can train an audience to like it. But it takes time. You really have to stick with it and come with a with a real strong perspective on what you're giving them. Or you can attract an audience because to be perfectly honest with you, like I think it's one of those things if if nobody's doing it, if you start doing it, the people who want that will come out of the woodwork and there are people yeah. who want that. And I don't I don't really believe that there are communities where they would be totally adverse to anything. It's like you just have to find the people who are interested in it and and give it to them. But you're, there might be bars where they're more used to seeing certain things, but you just have to train the people who want to see you that you're going to be there. It's really about your social media game and, and letting people know what you do and where you're going to be. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that's my I guess that's the best answer I could give to that, because drag is such a it's such a strange art form. Don't you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't, lots of different people wanting lots of different things. I can say as someone who has consumed more drag than I think I ever really expected to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I, I tend to like the campier stuff. I, I think. Yeah, it, me too. I, I think it speaks to me more. Um, but I mean, I also know people who can't stand that crap. So it's it's one of those things where like. For as many th- there's a there's a saying I've heard several times. That there's an ask for every seat kind of thing mm-hmm. like. If you put a product out there, there's going to be somebody who wants it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, try a bunch of different clubs. Try, you know, try making videos online and putting them out. And then you might get or, a live audience. Like, honestly, you never know. Honestly, what I would say is go to a less conventional club. Start doing things outside the quote-unquote drag bars. Mm-hmm. And you'll find the people who want to see those things. That's, I think, a lot of young drag queens kind of get stuck on the idea that there's this one way to do things and it's it's like no drag is all about breaking the rules and resetting the boundaries so go find a different place to do the drag you want to do if the people you want to attract are not where you're current where you currently are and i don't mean like pick up your stuff and move but i mean (laughs) find a new venue for the drag you want to be doing and people will come to you 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 will find your 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 troop, you know. <laughs> uh, our next question comes from Teresa Paluzzi, who uh, is a very, very lovely, lovely friend. She is our friend Julie's mom. Do you know you know Julie, right? I, I met Julie. Julie, I yeah. Julie's mom, Julie's mom uh, Teresa, is really, really sweet. And she wrote, how did you first get interested in doing drag? Uh, Sam, how did you first get interested in doing drag? <laughs> Mom tried to put my communion dress on it. I just was not having it. <laughs> yeah, you've never been interested in wearing dresses. No, I was I was never into it. But, did you um, you wore a dress at Jess's wedding, right? I did. Um I have a I have a standing rule with sort of my close friends and family that they all get one dress day. They have <laughs> they have one day where they can ask me to wear a skirt. And if they cash it in, great. If they don't, that's fine. But like you get one shot. What is it that you don't like about them? I just don't I don't know how to put this any other way than I don't think it works with sort of my gender identity. I don't Mm -hmm. like I I have always sort of self-identified. I mean, obviously not when I was getting my communion dress put on, but like like later on, (laughs) once I sort of realized that there was something like not quite normal about (laughs) or the same (laughs) about me. Yeah. No, normal is probably the wrong word, but the same. Definitely. Um, I I don't know. I guess I just I have always 
preferred sort of a more masculine aesthetic. I've always sort of identified as a butch lesbian. So like, I've just yeah. You've always been a bull dyke. Yeah. <laughs> I lo- I have no that I is have not no problem a read. with that term. I want I to make love, that very clear. I love a bull dyke. Yeah. I love yeah, a bull dyke. And bull dyke is a, a classic term. Yes, it is. For a, a butch lady. I've always liked bull dagger too. Bull dagger is fun. What's bull dagger? It's basically the same thing. Why dagger? I'm not honestly sure, but I always kind of liked it. I it sounds know. militant. Probably. <laughs> That's why it speaks to me. But anyway, I like, I like seeing, a militant as, bull dyke. seeing as I'm, you know, 99% sure, certain that this question was actually aimed at you. Uh, How did yeah, you get probably. interested in drag? Well, I mean, I was always interested in drag, even as a young person. I mean, one of our favorite movies growing up was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. And we... And the birdcage was the And the birdcage. Like, we were... I don't know why it came as such a shock to dad when I came out as gay, because he had showed us all of these movies. I mean, I don't know that he was shocked. I think he was... I I think it's kind of one of those things, like, you know when you're pretty sure your credit card bill is going to be higher than you really think it is, and you're kind of waiting for the day when it drops... And then it is. And, and you're then like, it gets oh, there and you're like, oh, son lower. of a bitch. And it's like, and it's like you knew it was going to be that. You knew how much fucking money he, he knew. I'm so sur- certain that he knew. I know. <laughs> I know. But it was it was one of those things where... Uh, it occurs to me we should probably do a minisode at some point because I don't think either of us have told our like coming out story on this podcast. I don't, we have not I don't remember. It. I don't think I've ever heard your coming out story. We'll save it for another day. We'll save day. it for another day. Yeah. That's beside the point. Go ahead. Um... I got into drag because I was always into drag. I I remember being like a little kid and loving like Dame Edna and RuPaul and Lady Bunny and Coco Peru and Jackie Beat. Like I knew who those drag queens were because they'd been on TV and stuff. We I'd seen them on like HBO and Representation Matters. Representation Matters. And I loved drag queens. And I remember in college Excuse me. Um, I was. I was <laughs> I'm. I'm very ladylike. Uh, when I was in college, RuPaul's Drag Race came out, and it was the first season. I remember watching it on Logo because we got Logo in mm-hmm. my in my uh, apartment building at school, and I. It was like me and one other person watched RuPaul's Drag Race. It was my friend Simone, and we used to talk to each other about RuPaul's Drag Race, and nobody else knew what we were talking about. They're like, "What are you talking about?" I don't care about this, blah, 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 blah. And we were the only two people who watched it. And I loved it, but I never thought of drag as like a career. And so I didn't pursue it because I was like, I'm pursuing my career as an actor. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then somewhere along the way after college, I realized that I had all these skills that were not being served by my career as an actor. And, uh, I decided, well, let's get some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the same idea in college, didn't you? I mean, I've frequently <laughs> been trying to get rid of mine. Oh, no, I meant a... other people. Oh, other people's, yes. Yes. So. <laughs> You've been actively seeking boobs. I mean, f- way earlier than college. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think you massively underestimate. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, yes. Breasts. I came out when I was 12. It was way before college. We all came out very young. Yes. I believe Bob and Kevin came out around the same time. I don't know if technically, and I, I feel like we almost shouldn't talk about this because I feel like we should maybe do a coming out episode with Bob and Kevin. Mm. I feel like we should probably talk to them about it because I, I honestly don't know. I don't think Bob ever technically came out, at least not to me. I think we've always just kind of assumed, wouldn't it be funny if we like had him on next week and he's like, oh, guys, no, I'm straight. I've been straight this whole time. 
Because he never technically <laughs> told me he was gay. <laughs> yeah, I, I sincerely doubt that that will happen. I feel like we've known since he was about five years old, but that doesn't yeah. change the fact that like... Yeah, yeah we should definitely we should definitely do that. a coming out mini-sode. Yeah, no. Let's save this. Let's save it. Okay, All right, we'll I'm cutting it off. We're okay. done. <laughs> Next. All right, we have two last questions. Okay. And they're both from the same person. This is from Emily on Twitter. So hi, Emily. Uh... Emily said, what is your favorite terrible horror movie? And what horror movie or movies do you feel are over or underrated? Okay, so let's start with favorite bad. Yeah, let's start with favorite terrible horror movie. What's your favorite terrible horror movie? Oh, this is like asking me to pick between my children. (laughs) Hold on. I might need a minute. Come back to me. (laughs) Okay, well, I will say... It's. I'm torn between two of them. Okay. One is Puppet Master. Fair. Because uh, Blade is the coolest guy ever. He's and I remember as a kid, like, watching this movie and being like, what is with these leeches? Like, what? Yeah, really the funny. leech scene totally freaked me out. The Blade creeped me out. But watching it as an adult, you're like, this is fucking nonsense. I don't need this. Um, the other one is Sleepaway Camp. Uh, and it is because like the, the social activist in me is like, I should hate this movie, but the horror fan in me is like, this is gloriously terrible. Like (laughs) it's homophobic, probably a little bit transphobic, but like still just like a hoot to watch i'm like i can't yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a fun movie but it, the the it's problematic, it's problematic which is my least favorite word in the I entire know. world but i i and i do see why people say what they say about it i i i, I think there's some important context that gets left out of that argument occasionally but yeah I, I think we're probably going to end up talking about sleepaway camp a little bit yeah movie, so but for but for all intents yeah. and purposes i will say that um it strikes me uh, there is like it. There is like a trans panic element yeah. that I think is absolutely legitimate. But when it comes down to it, I do think Angela is more a, a case of child abuse than most certainly than transphobia. That's what I will say. I will say it's totally legitimate if you think it's transphobic. I think it's it's a bit of a spectrum of what is weird about it. But I also do think that the kills in it are really good and the dialogue is ridiculous and it is a wonderful B movie. <laughs> that's where I, that's what I will say. What is your favorite terrible horror movie? I'm having such a hard time with this because like every time I'm like, oh, this one, I'm like, but it's really not a bad movie. It's just like... It's I know. I mean, um, <laughs> honestly, you could lump like I think Urban Legend in there. I'm going to go with this is going to sound like a little out of left field, but it was kind of, it was one of the first movies because we actually went to see this in the theater when we were kids. Um, the remake of The Haunting. Oh, yeah. With um, fucking Catherine Liam Zeta-Jones Neeson and, and Liam Catherine Neeson. Zeta-Jones. It's a terrible movie. Oh, it's awful. It's a really, really bad movie. It's not but, great. Um, it scared the piss out of me. Oh, yeah. At the time. And like. As a kid, it's very scary imagery. And like. The acting's kind of off in places, like 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 it's, it, it is an objectively <laughs> inferior film, but I love it and watch it three times a year. Oh yeah, so like, <laughs> and I will watch it if it's on. Like, yeah, to this like day. like I might watch it tonight. Like I don't even know. I think it's on. I think it might even be on fucking Netflix right now. I might I might go home and watch the haunting. <laughs> 
We could watch it here. I have um, to finish sewing a dress for tonight. <laughs> we can watch The Haunting and I'll but, finish my um, Christmas dress. Yeah, no, like ev- everything about that movie, especially because like, again, I was kind of young and like they make no bones about the fact that Theo, Catherine Zeta-Jones' character, is bi. Oh, yeah. And I had a moment where I'm like, wait, Catherine Zeta-Jones likes girls? I feel weird. <laughs> like, like stuff like... Representation Ooh. matters. <laughs> like I'm having a moment. So yeah, no, The Haunting, the haunting is definitely there. there. I, think, I think if it's not the best one because... Like, I would have needed about three weeks to come up with, like, a cogent essay on why. Like, I mean, that's a fair, that's a like, fair assessment. I, I could have taken, like, three weeks to make a decision on this question, but, like. I know. In the, in the interim, I'm going to go. Because we hunting. like a lot of bad horror movies. Oh, I like so many terrible horror movies. I mean, I would. Jaws lo- 3 might be my favorite in the series. I'm kidding. Jaws 3. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, But it's definitely no. number two. It's like Jaws, Jaws 3, Jaws 2, and the fourth one didn't happen. Oh, the fourth one absolutely is absolutely happened. terrible. You know who hates Jaws? Re- this is one of my favorite stories about Jaws: The Revenge. Um, Michael Caine, who is in Jaws: The Revenge. Oh yeah, I'm not shocked. Um, <laughs> was asked once if how he felt about being in the worst Jaws movie, and he said, "I've never seen the film, but I've seen the house that the film bought, and the house is lovely." <laughs> and I think that's like the, the quintessential story about Jaws: The Revenge. I think that's, that's I mean, all that's you need to know about response. that movie. That is a great response. Yeah, Michael Caine's pretty quick. Everyone, everyone has those moments where you're like, "Well, I'm an artist tomorrow." Well, Betsy Palmer only made the original Friday the Thirteenth because she needed a new car. Really? We would not have gotten Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees if her car hadn't broken down. Huh? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that that car broke down then. <laughs> so see, sometimes you get really great things, and like name, <laughs> name another thing that Betsy Palmer did. Oh, I don't even know. Which I feel bad saying because she. Had I know. I love. Career, I'm sure. I love her. <laughs> Um, what horror movie would you say is underrated? I know this is a tough one. Yeah, this is kind of a hard one. I think that um, I think that Insidious, frankly, gets a lot of shit that it doesn't deserve. I I, I, I would I've, actually I've, agree I've with seen that. A, I've seen a lot of people kind of tear into Insidious and say like, you know, the acting was dumb or like 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 the story was bad or that you know it it wasn't scary kind of thing. Like mm. like I. Obviously, if you listen to our Insidious episode, you know that I disagree with that. But like, I think it got a lot of, I think it got a lot of bullshit because it didn't really, like, it was kind of just after like the Paranormal Activity stuff had calmed down. It was. What's a- funny is I was <laughs> going to say that that movie was almost it uh, is to this day criminally underrated. Paranormal I think activity? yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of horror fans, tend to shit on it because. I it, think it was more like all the found footage stuff that came after. Yeah. Like, I think everyone kind of blamed paranormal activity for the found footage genre. Yeah, I'll agree Making with that. a resurgence. Yeah. I will say that that would be my, I think that would be mine is, is uh, I almost said Blair Witch, um, <laughs> uh, paranormal activity. I mean, to be fair, I think Blair Witch gets a lot of crap that it really doesn't deserve either. Like, like See, that, that, I was going to say the, it might be my, my <laughs> overrated movie. See, I think that, yeah, no, the scene where she's like sobbing and like there's snot coming out of it. Like, it's funny. It's objectively <laughs> funny. But again, actually saw that in the theater and it scared the pants off of me the first really? time I watched it. Like, it's not scary on the rewatch. No, I, will, I will say that no, it, it doesn't not. really have a lot of staying power. But like the first time I thought it was legitimately frightening. It has some redeeming qualities that I think were ruined by the the revisitation yeah. in the second one and even made worse by the newest one. But um, I, I just I don't think Blair Witch works with backstory. Like, don't no, it's just don't it explain ju- anything. Yeah. Just just. <laughs> but I think there are a lot of movies yeah. like that, that it's like, 
they're scarier the less you know. Yeah. And the more you try to project onto it, the, the more you're like, eh, I, it makes it less scary to know what I'm yeah. up against. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess that's my answer. What What would you say is an overrated horror movie? Okay. Um, of yours. Before I say this, just let I'm just gonna let all of you know that I won't be checking the podcast's email for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hated Hereditary. I, I did thought it too. was a terrible movie. I did too. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I do you not listen, understand it. Hate like, me I don't up and down. Like, I, <laughs> I, this is what I will say about Hereditary. Hereditary is the kind of movie where it's like, if I have to go online after the movie and be like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. The <laughs> movie failed. You failed. I just like. And I love Tony Collette. Yeah. No, I she love was Gabriel amazing. Byrne. Like the acting like, was great. It's just, I didn't think. There were a I lot of loose ends. It just, it felt very much like I was kind of being. Okay. <laughs> I have a problem with there's sort of a certain genre of horror movie and like I kind of like to think of it as like if Hallmark had a horror channel <laughs> which is very much like emotional exploitation and bashing my bashing me in the face with do you feel scared or sad yet. Yeah. And that is very much how I felt about Hereditary. It's kind of like it feels almost manipulative in that it's kind of like look at how fucked up these people are. Aren't you scared this could happen to you? It's like, well, no, because I'm not an idiot or a crazy person, so I'm okay. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, it's Still nothing it okay. about that. And it's it's one of those things where like, when you get to the end and there's some kind of like cult shit going on and I'm sitting here going like, I feel like none of this was set up. And this is, this is another one of those instances where like the fastest thing you can do to piss me off when I say I don't like a movie is say, well, you just didn't understand it. It's, it's like, like no, I'm I did. Actually, a pretty intelligent person, and I did understand it. I just didn't appreciate what it was trying to do. Yeah, and I don't think it was effective. Which I is don't what think I'm it was effective. <laughs> I don't think that the movie was effective, especially the whole thing with the little girl in the beginning. It's like they made the daughter so like weird and strange, and uh, like the whole thing with like her finding the dead bird, and and it's like, but then they just kill her, and it's like. But why? What was the point of all that? There was there was so much unnecessary exposition regarding the daughter and like I, I don't there's know. Just, there's there's a genre of horror that is just it is unrelenting bleak from minute one to minute yeah. zero. Yeah. Like and we've 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 talked about this before how good horror like ramps up tension and breaks tension. These are the movies that don't bother trying to do that. We're talking yeah. about Hereditary. Um, there's a there's a movie called Antichrist, which might be the worst movie I've ever watched. Oh, I've never seen it. Um, it stars Willem Dafoe, and I don't remember who the woman is, but it, it, essentially it's it's a gore-tastic, misogynistic mess of a movie um, <laughs> that got like lauded and all kinds of awards and all this of other kind of did. nonsense. But like at the, at the same time, like it, it's one of those things. Like I understand, and like listen. I'm never going to tell anybody that like their taste in movies is invalid. If you liked Hereditary and you loved Good Antichrist, you. like great, I'm glad you enjoyed them. I didn't like them. It didn't like, appeal to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm like, right there with you. Like, Hereditary like, did nothing for me. Do and for honestly, me. that's why I didn't see um, what was that one that came after uh, it? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched it yet. I, I, I heard it was it. pretty good. I'll probably end up watching it. I'm sure I will watch it. I just haven't watched it yet because I'm like, everyone kept comparing it to a Hereditary, and I was like, oh. I got the impression it more had to do with tone than anything else and I like so. the little bit that i do know about the plot sounds a bit more promising mm. um but 
yeah, no, like I don't need to watch misery porn. Like that's no. not what I want. No. Like, so I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you like that kind of thing, that's great, but I didn't care for it. Yeah. It wasn't my thing either. We should we should uh, do a full episode on Hereditary. We should not because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like the only part of that movie where I was like, okay, was honestly when the little girl's head got knocked off. Like that was that was literally spoiler it. Like, alert. Like anything after that, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like like anything after that, I was kind of like, okay, like all right, that's happening. Like <laughs> I know, I like, agree. Tony Kless was in her mind. Like also, how do you get a job making miniature houses? Like I that was know. like ninety percent of what artist. I was thinking the entire she time. Basically, like, How the fuck do you get that? Gig? She basically plays like, The Sims for a living. Basically, she plays like IRL Sims in, for the for oh, a living. That's what she I does. want that job. I would give up drag <laughs> to do that. I would do that. In I would a heartbeat. I would give up everything if I could just type Rosebud into my computer <laughs> just over and over again. All right, kids. That is all of the listener questions we had time for. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for sending them in. Yes, we really appreciate it. Please feel feel free to send in more questions. Maybe we'll do another listener listener questions episode uh, in the not so distant future. So uh, I hope you really enjoyed it. Please uh, come back on Thursday and and listen to the next episode. We have something really, really special planned for you. Mm -hmm. We'll see you Thursday. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Jaws, distributed by Universal Pictures 1975. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.